0: We're holding Kud Gimel Amud Aleph. We're holding five lines into the Amud. Is that a Klau? Yes. We're quoting the end of the Mishnah. That the Mishnah gave uh, klal that whenever you do something and that's the final thing necessary. In other words, it's a type of action that you do to a utensil. Type of a, a something uh, uh, part of the process, you do to a utensil, and some Sometimes people leave it that way. If people leave it that way, you're chayiv for patish. Now that was the example he brought. He said the no matter how small it is. So yeah, that's what patish means, and that's what mesate is. So why do we have to say ze Usually, if the any other detail would be obvious from the example mentioned in the Mishnah, then you don't have to say Zahaklal. We'll make our own uh, comparisons. The fact that we say Zahaklal, that means that there's something that we would not think on our own, and only through adding Zahaklal, then we add it. it says the Gemara, la la'asuye Mai. what is it coming to add? It says the Gemara la'asuye, it's coming to add, the chok that he engraved, kafiza, he engraved. Um, let me just see the exact. Um, uh, what's it called? One second. Um, um, yeah, there's if he if he if he has a piece of wood that he could make a calf. Which a calf would be four lug. And he made only three lug. He dug a hole smaller than what you're able to make in this particular in this particular Kaylee. So you would think he didn't finish. He dug a hole. You could use it, but you wouldn't leave it that way. It's such a thick wall on the side. You would dig some more. You would engrave some more. You would carve it out more. No. the kafizo be kavo. In a case that he could have engraved a kav, he made just a kapiza, just three lug, one quarter less, but some people leave it that way. See, so even if it's not the most you could use out of this, even if it's not the most common usage of something, but if melachto y'miskayemes, if some people leave it just the way it is, then you're already chayyim. That's what Zayaclal is coming to add. Okay. Then the last part of the Mishnah, Reb Shimon Gamliel said that if you bang with the hammer on the... Anvil. Anvil. that Yes, yeah, so then uh, you're chayim. Now, seemingly, at first glance, banging on the anvil doesn't help you. Doesn't help at all the thing that you're making. So how come you're chayim? If one bangs with a hammer on the anvil. What is he doing? So Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, they both said, Rabbi and he's training his hand to work better on the utensil that he's making. And therefore, it's like part of the process of, create, of, of, of making this utensil. The people of Rachba had a problem with this, or maybe the children of Rachba. Bnei Rachba may be the children of Rachba. Elamiyata, if so, training yourself is considered a molocha? What if um One who watches a professional on Shabbos, Vigomar, and he, he learned to just by watching, like, look, mm-hmm, he's doing something very nice. Now I know how to do it. So he trained himself by watching a Goyisha worker on Shabbos, a Goisha tradesman. And he was walking in, watching him, and he learned the job. So he's chayiv. For you to learn a job, that's a malacha. Mulah is to make something. So you trained your hands. So what? I mean, it's not a it's not a thing we do on Shabbos, it's Uvdin the But it's not a Mulacha. If you learn a trade, you would be chayiv. You're training your hand, your chayev. No, it's a different thing. Those that would make smooth the planks of metal, of gold in the Mishkan to cover the beams. They would have to have a very thin layer of gold to cover it. They would bang it with a hammer to smoothen it. And... Part of the process was you bang three bangs on the metal and then one on the anvil and so on. That's part of the way how you could make the metal smooth. Without that, it's not going to work. So you're fixing the metal by banging the hammer on the anvil. Now, it seems that since it's just a small detail within the process, it wouldn't necessarily make you if they if it wouldn't exist in the mishkan since in the mishkan they have they had used this method because that's the method you use to coat something with metal you have to make it very smooth and you have to bang it with a hammer and for that you have to bang it on the anvil and that helps smoothening the metal therefore since it wasn't the mishkan and it's useful for the product for the product yeah then therefore it's considered a muluch. Tanya Namiha's a briser they found afterwards. Interesting, it's a tisefta. People knew. I don't know why they didn't they give another explanation before, but the tesefta clearly says Rab Shimon Gamli aloimer Apha Makabakurna Salasad and even someone who bangs with this hammer on the end with Shasmullah Khayev. Why? Shekane Meradi Tase Mishkan Oisin Kane. Because in the mishkan they've done so. So since it helps the actual metal plank, in order to be smooth, it's considered the molacha, especially because it happened in the Mishkan. Right? So that's why we explained it earlier, and that's what the Gemara explains. Short. It's not smooth. It's thin. Thin. Thank you. Okay. So we we are done with this Makabe Interesting. The order of things in the in the, the Mishnah is very very interesting. The fact that we went on the Shiurim of carrying, we can understand maybe because they're very long, and then we're going in a bunch of details, but it's not going in the order of the Mishnah. The Mishnah started off with Khairish, and here it's going first to Boyna makavapatish, then it's going to Khairish. I'm not sure the reasoning for this order, but okay. Fine. Could be Boyna is something a bit more complicated. Because you have to know how to differentiate between Boina and Makkabapatish. So I guess after carrying, which is many details, you go to Boina, which you have to like pay attention a bit to know how to differentiate, maybe. And then it goes to the more simple stuff. And then I guess it starts in the beginning. Hachayresh, one who plows koshu. There's no, what's the measurement? Anything. Hamenakesh, one who pulls out the weeds or the thorns saying one who breaks off or cuts off dry branches from a tree. one who cuts off fresh branches from a tree, but it's too much. And it's too much, and it makes the it makes the tree, it draws out all the strands of the tree. You have to cut them off sometimes in order to let the tree live. Trim. To let it breathe. Trim, trim, trim. Yeah. So call all of this. The, the measure, the, the size is anything, there's no specific size, anything works, fine. Um, okay. One who gathers uh, dry, I guess, dry pieces of wood from the ground. Malakit um, would mean, it seems like it's not just that you're gathering it and it's a problem of ma'amir, of fashat gathering. Rather, he's like it, picking up dry weeds from the ground, so it's like it's 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 cunning, it's 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 toilish, toikitzer, seemingly. But it depends and- what you're doing it for. with if you're doing it to fix the ground in order that it should be. Able, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it depends. could be drying wood from a tree or from the ground. If you're doing it, that it should grow better. It's the smallest amount. That could be either for the ground, or that could be for the tree, because you're helping it grow. And then the smallest amount helps. So no matter what you pick out, you're chayim. If you're doing it to get fuel, burning wood, so then... Not every small amount helps. Then it's it's considered kotzer you're cutting something useful, and then it has to be useful. So how much is useful? Could they lavash el beit Enough to cook the smallest useful thing, which is frying a, uh, the size of a dried fig of a chicken's egg. Hamalakit asabim, one who gathers grass from the ground, in if he's doing it to fix the ground, so that's khayrish, koshu, the smallest amount is already considered fixing. In the behemoth, if he's using it to feed his animal, piyagli, the smallest size of which animal eats grass. Typically, who's it intended for? It's intended for goats. And therefore, it's the size of a goat's mouthful. Now, it seems in the Mishnah that it all depends on the person's intention, which that might be a bit puzzling because if a person has his own field, and, he's, and he's, he's taking out some grass, let's say, to feed his goat. But at the end of the day, it's his field. And he's happy that he cleared some space. So why should it be potter? Because now I'm doing it to feed my animal. But I gained something else as well and I'm happy for, I'm happy about that. Why am I potter? Okay, we'll see in the Gemara. We'll see in the Gemara. So the first understanding of the mission is that it all depends on your intention, but we'll see in the Gemara that that's not necessarily the case. Fine. Says the Gemara, plowing a small amount, what for? What does it help? What what is it useful for? Says the Gemara Chazri, it's useful. For one, for one seed of a butternut squash. It's It's useful, you can plant in one small, the smallest amount you plowed, you can already put there one seed. Now, in, oh, Rashi says that, earlier we said that people do not take out one seed in order to plant. You're right. They don't take out one seed in order to plant. But when they, they prepare the ground for planting, Rashi says they make each hole on its own. I don't know what that means. I don't think the farmers go and make one small hole for one, for one seed. Of a, of a butternut squash, yes, they would do it. This is what they do. They actually make a hole, drop in and cut it. Make another one, you have an inch, they put a distance and they just put a hole. The difference between plowing for spreading it or planting for specific vegetables. Okay, okay, so, very good.
1: That fits butter- very well what
0: you're saying. What you're saying fits very well what is saying. So that, yes, yeah, so that's the way they plant vegetables. They, they make a hole and they fill it in, and therefore one hole is already useful. Right? Thank you. Now, the Gavi mishkan again, since this is not a, a, a typical thing, I would consider something very important, because maybe as you said, although they make one hole and they plant it, but they do a bunch at a time. They make a hole and they plant a hole and they plant a hole and they plant, they don't usually spend their day making one hole and putting in one seed, so they, although they do one at a time. But why is it considered important? In the Mishkan, they did the same process. The plants that are used for dye are made, I guess, in the same way. You plow, you make one hole, you fill it in and you cover it. And therefore, since that is the process they did, it, they did, it, they did it in the Mishkan, it's considered important. Fine? Okay. Very good. Next. If you pull out all these dry weeds or twigs um, or the fresh ones in order that the, the, the tree should be able to breathe. So it, it, it says the smallest amount you already ulshin, One who pulls out of the ground can you help us with the translation? It's a certain type of plant it's, it's one a of the a very bitters of the morrer and dives. Yeah, very endives. bitter. Huh? And dives, yeah. And dives, and yeah, it says kosher for mortar. So yeah. if one pulls out and dives or the miserid zradu, one who pulls out dry twigs, so it depends on his intention. The Gemara, the Mishnah said it about gathering wood, it didn't use the word mizarid. But here, the B'raisi uses the word mizareid, and it says seemingly that it depends on your intention. If you're gathering it for you to eat, I guess the andives could be eaten. Oh, these zrodin, these these weeds, when they're fresh, the people eat them. I don't know exactly what type they are. Someone give me a translation for zrodin. Zrodin is just twigs. Twigs, but it sounds like it's a type of twigs that when they're fresh, they're they're fit for human consumption consumption. It says so if, reeds. You, if you're pulling huh? it says reeds. Reeds. Are there reeds that people eat? I don't know, but I guess there are some types that people eat. And if you're gathering it for people to eat, King Ganis, then it's the size of food, which is a dried fig. Even the behema it's for animals' food. that's then it's the smallest size for an animal, which is for a goat, a goat's mouthful a in order to cook to fry a, a, a chicken egg. if it's to make the ground smooth, colshain, then the smallest of the sky. So think, minute, one second. If you're going to your field and you pull out a twig, it's your field. You benefited, you bet you benefited the ground. So a tu is a sakarka, kanino. Aren't all these cases clearing the ground? The rule is psikresha. If something happens automatically, bin and he's happy with it, then everyone agrees. Even Rabbi Yehuda, which usually says, you're He says, tzirichu You're happy with the result. You know it's going to happen. You're chayim in a taira. So you're happy with the result. So who cares what you had in mind? Yet another thing happened as well, and you're happy about that. It says, the You're right. When the Mishnah, the B'raises says, if he did it for this or for that, it doesn't mean if that's what he had in mind. It means if he did it in a way that all the only benefit is the particular benefit. How is that possible? So he says, shonu. Whenever it says that he, he did not have in mind to clear the, the ground, it means that he did it in a place that it does not help him. He went to the swamp. It's not in his field. And he gathered twigs over there. So there he's not helping anything by clearing the ground. That's why he's potter. If he would do it in his field, you're right. He would always be chaif. So the Mishnah also, the Mishnah says it depends what he's doing it for. It doesn't mean what he's doing it for, what he has in mind means what is the benefit that comes as a result? Sometimes there's no benefit of clearing the ground, because it's not yours, it's in the swamp. Um, Not just not yours. It doesn't get better. You're not helping anything. You're not going to be able to plant anything over there. It's a wild place. It's something that you cannot help. Fine. It could be in a field. Okay. when it's not a swamp, so it's plowable, it's clearable. How come? It says, if he does not have a mind, says he give one second? They both said, even Abishim, which says that any malacha they have no intention to do, you're allowed to do. In other words, if I do something that a malacha might happen, but I don't have any intention to do that, I'm allowed to do the action that might result in a malacha. So, but even he agrees if it's something which is that you cut your head off, they cut the head off of the, of the animal, but you have no intention that it should die. No, nope, that's not considered not intending. So, here also, you're clearing the ground. Who cares what you have in mind? So, like, no, 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 I didn't mean that he technically didn't have a mind, I mean that he doesn't even have it in the back of his mind. How is that possible? It's talking about when he did it in his friend's field. So his friend never asked him to do him a favor. If he's not going there to help his friend, then that's not on the back of his mind. He's not here in the back of his mind subconsciously to help clear the field for his friend. And therefore, since it's not on the back of his mind, so and it was not his intention, he's possible. So that's what Rashi describes, actually, and the post can, the, the, the later post can today's post can like better Rashi's wording for this, because it makes a bit better differentiation, is called Psi Ich pasley. P'sik reishe, that, he, that he doesn't care. He doesn't mind, but he doesn't care. And it seems that most people, some can say otherwise, but most most can say that P'sik ich pasley, you're not allowed to do, but you're Potter. If you don't not want it, but you don't want it, it's Potter of Allah's some say that if it's a derabbanon, then it's mutu. If the whole malacha that, that that would be done as a result would be of is a so then and 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 lo he couldn't care less. Then many say that's also fine. Many say, even those that say that usually it's not fine, but by a a lot of a lot of people say it's fine. So it isn't clear. Generally, the 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 the, the, the generally accepted thing is that that by a Raysa we accept that it's Osr, if Psikreshi is Osr, and by the on the Minig is that it's Osr. Like by the Raysa it's accepted as, as a Halacha, and by the Rabbanon, it's more that as a Minig that it's Osr, the Psikreshi is Osr. There's a different thing which, which which is called in today's post language, Psikreshi Dele'ich Pasle, that's how Rashi describes it, which means that he doesn't want the result, and that many more persons say that really is moot. If you clearly are not happy with the result. But uh, here it's like, I'm not happy, I'm not sad. So then, uh, the Allah is it's potra also. Okay. Fine. Fine. Okay. Says the Gemara. Next mission. Next mission talks about the mlocha of writing. say writing, what's the measure? What's the what's the shear for writing? two letters. That's the minimum that could be a, any, any meaningful word. The idea of writing is that you're trying to give over a message. Scribbling is not writing. Scribbling would be tseveya, you're dying, you're, you're, you're coloring, but it's not, it's not writing. And I also, not, it's not useful that it's not a deraisa. Writing means you're writing something meaningful. So the smallest amount that could be meaningful is two letters. And then it's bein whether it's with your right hand, bein whether it's with your left hand, which is puzzling because your left hand is a shino, it's called And if it's called yad it should be potter. Fine. We'll see in the Gemara. Whether it's Two Alephs, two bases. <inaudible> Aleph base. Two different letters. <inaudible> no matter what ink you use, that's what actually touches it. It doesn't matter if you used uh, one of them, you used ink, the other one, you used some paint. It doesn't matter. As long as he could read a word, who cares if it looks nice or it looks odd? It doesn't matter. Uh, Okay, some people say simonies, fine, that it even if you make the different uh, um, symbols, but that, not necessarily all fit so well with, with the Gamorda's discussion, we'll see soon. Bechol Lashen, doesn't have to be Aleph based. any language, if the point is you gave over a message over here, or you gave the ability for giving over a message, any two letters in any language in any ink, even if it's mismatched, um, no matter which hand you use, you're kind of I'm I'll tell you a hiddish. Why two? Why not three? Why not one? It's not because it makes a word, it's because it makes a simon. If you she came, she came, she and you want to know that it should fit the next year. So you put a number at one end of one board and another number at the other board so you should know how to put them together. So the, by the Mishkan, they put like an Aleph at one board and an Aleph at the other one inside where you wouldn't see it. And then they would know how to line them up. They should, they, should, they should fit. What is he trying to say? What he's trying to say is, since the whole reason is that it should be a simon, any useful simon you made, your chayv. Don't get stuck with the rules. The point is, you made a mark and it works, you're chayif. So two letters is just an example. One letter here, one letter there, I can match it. Yeah. So if you made any other mark that helps you, you're also chayif. Short. You need two marks, not one mark. Usually, usually, usually in order to make, let's say, two different pages, you want to match them together, then you have to put two marks. But let's say you have, let's say, a safer and you're learning on Shabbos and you want to write a correction on the safer. Yeah. But yeah, you can't hold yourself in. So you take your nail and you're gonna scratch a line over there to know that tomorrow you should come back and fix that. Yeah, it's a problem. You made a useful mark. Yeah. You damage your, you damage your book. Okay, okay, leave that aside. But you made a useful mark. So, okay, you're right. From the Mishnah, all I could see is that he says that even if it's a scribble, but it's two scribbles, and if I could match two scribbles together, and I'll know how to match things, that's also Chayif. Doesn't have to be actual words, as long as you know what it's there for. Fine. Omar Rabbi Yehuda says Rabbi Yehuda like this. When we say two letters, yukhaif, it doesn't just mean when I wanted to write two letters. Let's say I wanted to write I wanted to write some long letter. I don't know what. Yeah? And I just wrote two letters from that. I'm also hayed. Since two letters could be something meaningful, even if I wanted to write a long Megillah, but I just wrote two letters, I'm already hayed. We can find sometimes, occasionally, that a word could have a meaning, even if it's part of a larger word. Which therefore, I always am high on two letters, even if I intended to write more, because two letters could have a meaning. Where do we see that? For example, I was in the middle of writing and I wrote Hey, that's a word. It's a name. Same thing from the word Shmuel. Noyach minokher, Don midaniel, God Gadiel. Sometimes I'm intending to write a long word but the bit of it is already something meaningful and therefore even if I wanted to write a long thing, I'm already for the small thing. Now there's a question over here because you write Shimon with a regular mem and you write Daniel with a regular nun and shame has to have a final mem and Dan also has to have a final nun. Okay, we'll talk about that later in the Gemara. What about, what about I in English? One word. Okay, okay. So you'll be high, be because it's meaningful. In Hebrew, it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't exist, and probably in any language those days didn't English? exist. it huh? in English? Okay. Says the Gemara, one second. I am puzzled. The Mishnah is saying something which the doesn't make sense. That you're for writing with your left hand. How come? Bishlamayimin. I can understand why with your right hand from the Because that's the way you write. Elasmoil with your left hand. Am I? why You don't write like that. you don't write with your left hand. you write with the left hand. Although not necessarily do you have to, no matter whatever, let's get, get involved in that. But on you write with your left hand. It's not a regular thing. Now this is a big question. And really there's no answer. We have to, all the answers we're going to give, we're going to see that there's no way we could say simply that no, it's normal to write with your left hand. No, it's not. So what are we talking about? Says the Yemad HaOmer Iter YaBiYiTariYatShon. We're talking about a left-handed person. Nah, no, that doesn't make sense. If so, then the left hand is the right hand. V'asmoylechaib, mean then he should only be hive in his left hand. How can he say the right and the left? One person the right, one person the left, depending what is what is what his strong hand is. We're talking about a, what do you call it? Someone who writes with both hands is a name for it. Ah, Epidextrous. Uh, huh? I didn't catch it. Epidextrous. Epidextrous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So someone is epidextrous. So he, he's high. Now it's very dang because. The Mishnah should be talking about, I mean, If that's the case, then it's not a Chiddush. Right? So, so, what's going on over here? Okay, I guess we're talking about that he writes better with his right hand. But his left hand could also write well. So since he writes well, then he's chayif, maybe. It just shows you that it was so clear to them that it cannot be that writing with the left hand is considered proper writing, that it must be something else that they find the most difficult answers. That's usually the rule in the Gemara. Whenever you find very dhihiktic answers, is because the, the the foundation that they're trying to explain is like so clear to them that you can't just focus on a detail and change that. It doesn't work. It just can't be. Fine. Now Rabyakiv Ray Dabasyakiv. the son of the daughter of Rabyakiv, another of the older Rabbiakiv, Amari said, many Rabbi Yosihi. The Rabbi Yasi at the end of the Mishnah, which says, the armor that he says, he says you don't have to write. You have to make a mark. Writing with the left hand can make a mark just as well as with the right hand. If the point is to write, you don't write with a left hand. But if the point is to put a make a mark, a left hand can also make a mark. And therefore, and left hand is considered a normal way of doing it. It's just as useful, just about carrying. We said you write and left hand, it's all all normal. You carry two bags in both hands. So you're also, you make a mark, no matter which hand you use, it's just as good. It's not about a letter, it's about a mark. It says, I'm happy to say that. Vamid Sefer Rabi Yosi, since the Sefer is Rabi Yossi, which is Amr Rabbi sounds like a machloikis, Then they said, and then it's an argument, the, 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 the Tanaka'am is not Rabbi um, One second. The whole Mishnah is Rabbi So he brings on the side of the air that there's quite a few gemodos which say that, which is a bit strange. What's the question? What's the answer? So there's one place that Rashi says that the Tanna started off the Mishnah, and he forgot who said the Salocha. And then in the middle he remembered, and he mentioned his name, because he's supposed to mention the name. And they documented the Mishnah exactly as it was said. And then Rabbi Yehuda when he gathered everything in the Mishnah, he quoted everything just as it was written. So since the name of the Tana was mentioned in the middle of the sentence, so it was there in the middle of the sentence. They didn't move it from there. That's what Rashi says. So, Basically, I guess it's, it's, it's as if saying like one thing, like no matter which hand you use, no matter which ink you use, no matter which language, and it could even be there's no language. Yeah, it's all one opinion. The whole mission is and that's why the left hand is okay. If we would go by the opinions which argue with you Yaisi, then we wouldn't say the left hand is okay because you can't write normally with the left hand. What? Okay, we'll leave at this. Let's just make a summary over here because the next thing is a long thing that will go with next Omud. So what do we learn today? We started off that the Mishnah concluded that anything which you do an act, and that's the final act, you don't have to do anything afterwards, then you're Chayyot. We just said that earlier in the Mishnah, but I have to say it again. It's coming to ask something you wouldn't think. If I take a piece of wood that I could make a large hole in the middle to hold a full calf for lug, and they only carve an amount for three look. So I would think I didn't complete whatever I could do, but you completed something which sometimes people leave it that way. And therefore you're kind. Then we spoke about banging on the anvil with the hammer. What did you do with that? So Rabbi Rav said, you're training your hand. So Rahba's children said, one second, training is considered a malacha. If you watch someone and you train yourself in your mind, it's considered a molokha. Training is not a malacha says Abaya and Rovah, and then we found it in the Bryson, that's part of the process of of, of making metal thin. thin. Uh, you, have to, you have to bang it three times on the metal and one time on the anvil, although it's a small detail, but in the Mishkan they did it, in order to coat the, the, the boards, the, the beams, and therefore it's considered a the Moloch. Then we spoke about the sizes, the, the, the Shi'urim for plowing, the smallest amount, why? Because you make a hole for vegetables, and by vegetables you make a hole and he plant it, and he cover it, so each, each hole is, a, is a, an important thing on its own, and in the Mishkan, they did it. The plants that they planted in order to make the dye work the same way, and therefore that's also high. Then, if you take out anything dry or anything fresh in order to clear the tree or clear the ground, the smallest amount is useful. Whatever you did is already an accomplishment. Now, if you gather weeds or dry twigs from the ground, so the Mishnah and the Braisa says that it depends what you had in mind. For food is the size of food. For animals the size for animals. And then to clear the ground, for wood, then it's the size of wood, which is for, for frying an egg, to clear the ground, the smallest amount. Think, what are you always clearing the ground? And you want it. So sick creation, the nicholay that you're happy with, you're chayif. No, so, no, no, no. We're not saying if you had in mind. They we're saying if that was the result. How is that possible that you shouldn't have a result of clearing the ground? You're clearing a swamp. You can't clear a swamp. You didn't do anything. Then you only chayiv what you cut it for? Abayah said you don't have to go so far. That's a far case. Let's go more, a more simpler case. It wasn't your field. I'm sorry. Abayah first said... You didn't have a mind. Said, but one second, it's psych No, it wasn't in the back of your mind because it wasn't your field. And it's called psychration. The Lashon of most person delay but in is delay which is clearer, which means you have, you don't care, you couldn't care less about it. And then your potter. it's potter of Fine. Then we spoke about writing. So the Mishnah says two letters, no matter which hand. Um, no matter if it's the same letter or different letters no matter which ink if it's different ink for each letter uh, no matter which language and then Abiyazi says it could even be any mark or maybe two marks because that's the way they did it in the Mishkan or that's what they did it for in the Mishkan although the Muslim used olive base but they did it in order to match the beams and therefore anything you come up with to match things together you're already high, all right and then if Yehuda comes says that even if that wasn't your intention, you intended to write a longer word, then a small part of that is already chayv. Says so the Gemara, why are you chayv with writing with your left hand? That's not a regular way of writing. And there's a rule by all malachas that if it's not the way you the usual way of doing it, you're potter. And that's the way it works in the Gemara. That if you have a rule that overrides the deal that you would see in the Mishnah. I, I just can't say this. It, it contradicts the rule. So, so what are you right? I'll have to be dekhi, The talking about a lefty. It doesn't work. Lefty can't be right and left. Okay, it has to be a epidextr- epi,
1: epidextrous.
0: De- yeah. Yeah? Epidextrous. Uh, which we were saying maybe it means that he, one hand is better than the other, but he still could write with both. Fine. Comes Rabbi Yaakov, the grandson of Rabbi Yaakov, through his daughter, and he said, no, 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 no. It's one opinion in the Mishnah. It's all Rabbi Yossi. It's not about writing. It's about making a mark. And therefore, it doesn't matter how, what, when, as long as the mark is there. It's all considered normal. But how could he say that? The, the Mishnah starts off without a name and then says, I'm Rabbi Yossi. That's sometimes the style of the Mishnah. They say that the time the remembered in the middle the name of who said it, so you set it in the middle and we keep it that way. We keep it the way the is said it, but it's all Rabbi and therefore with the left hand you are high. Okay. So tomorrow there's no Shir. and I'll try to put a recording in I can't promise about that.